Well, good morning, friends. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Corey Jewell, and myself and my family have been members here for a few years. And don't worry, I think Adam will be back next week, uh, or we'll be back soon. But uh, so you're not stuck with me any any, any beyond today. But um, Adam asked me to 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 give the message this morning, and I will give it my best shot. Uh, so so friends, if if you're at all like me. Um, you've probably spent more time than you'd care to met, admit over the last year and a half watching television, be that something in network TV or, or something on a streaming service. Anybody have something good that they're binge watching right now? I'm, I'm actually in between shows. Anybody? No? Um, well, if, 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 if you know the feeling that I'm talking about, then you, then you know that the even better feeling that comes along when your significant other or your friend or your roommate, somebody in your life is willing to, to share that show and watch it with you. Uh, recently, my wife Sarah and I started watching a show on Netflix called The Crown, which is, uh, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with it, is, follows the, uh, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a drama that follows the political rivalries and the romance uh, of the reign of Queen Elizabeth II of England. And, and Sarah loves it. Uh, she's, I think, somewhere between season three and season four. And I think I fell asleep during the first episode. <laughs> Um, I, I gave up on it pretty quickly. It turns out, uh, I learned, I don't care about the British royal family. <laughs> um, you know, I think I've read maybe too many American history books, you, you know, about my guys, you know, people like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. Uh, you may remember, they didn't really care for the British royal family either. Um, you know, they, t- they told His Highness King George III that he could hit the bricks. Uh, another founder, Thomas Jefferson, or excuse me, John Adams, wrote a letter to his wife Abigail in 1776 that America's independence from England ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shoes, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other. From this time forward, forevermore, the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the Great Anniversary Festival. That's pretty good, right? He wrote that in 1776. That's a pre-Revolutionary War. That's a pretty good prediction. About the only thing he didn't get right was uh, the date. He referenced July 2nd rather than the 4th. I think it took an extra couple of days to get uh, all the signatures rounded up for the Declaration of Independence. Um, So anybody out there a Kansas City Royals fan? Anybody? Yeah. Me too. I I love the Kansas City Royals. British royals, not so much. I'm pretty indifferent to them. Uh, in America, we love freedom. As Americans, we often have an allergic reaction to anything that might restrict our freedoms, our freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to keep and bear arms, freedom to assemble. These things mean a lot to us. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite movies, a masterpiece, Braveheart, William Wallace says, you can take my life, but you can never take my... Freedom. Kendrick Lamar says, freedom, where are you? Because I need freedom too. You might say that freedom is embedded into our DNA. President Abraham Lincoln said that the United States was a nation conceived in liberty, dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I think we can all agree here this morning that those notions were imperfectly applied in the beginning. And after 100 years, we fought a civil war in this country over the very meaning of freedom, even today. We have serious conversations about what does freedom look like? What does it look like in 2021? What does it look like on the internet? What does it look like in a once in a generation pandemic? 
And this morning, hopefully, I'd like to spend a few minutes thinking about how to answer the question, how can I be free? Now, if I were to ask my nine-year-old son, Grant, he would, I'm sure, tell me that he would like to be free from having to brush his teeth. My 14-year-old son, Ethan, uh, I, I know would love to be free from doing his chores, particularly seems to hate loading and unloading the dishwasher. And unfortunately for me, I've reached the point in my life where I can look at my child and say, you know, when I was your age, we didn't have a dishwasher. I had to wash the dishes by hand, if you can believe that. Um, I'm sure there's folks in this room, folks that you know that are, would love to be free from, from more serious ailments than these, more serious things than these, things like sickness or strained relationships, sickness, disease, grief, loneliness. And as we read today's scripture, maybe we can all spend a few seconds thinking about from what in our lives we'd like to be free. John chapter 8, verses 32 through 36, we read, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Now in this passage, Jesus is speaking to Jews. These people believed him, but they don't necessarily like what he has to say. These are people of faith. They had never lived as slaves. They questioned Jesus. They say, we're of the line of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. And as we see so often, be it 2,000 years ago in biblical times or today, Jesus' point is, is not, is missed initially. Jesus explains, well, yes, you're not the physical property of another human, but you're a slave, slave to sin. Sin has a way of controlling us, of dominating, dictating our actions. Sin restrains us. Paul writes in Romans, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. When we prioritize sin in our lives, we allow it to control us. When we are free from sin, we are free to do so much else. We're free to enjoy our family, to enjoy our friends. We're free to serve others. When we focus outwardly rather than inwardly, we're able to see all the blessings in our lives. You know, one of my favorite movies is Goodwill Hunting. There's a great scene in that movie where Robin Williams' character tells Will, the protagonist, that you'll have difficult times in your life, but that'll just wake you up to all the good stuff that you were missing. And friends, that's certainly true in my life. In 2019, I had an experience that I never thought I'd have unexpectedly and through no desire of my own. I found myself unemployed. To make matters worse, my wife had recently left the workforce to open a small business. So in the span of just a few short months, we went from having two incomes to zero. We went from having health insurance to not. I went from being a professional with a career, with an office to go to, with coworkers to go out to lunch with, to just a guy sitting in his house, perusing the want ads. And with this went on for months. And with each week that went by, with each referral or application that didn't turn into a job offer, with each, or didn't turn into a job interview, excuse me, with each interview that didn't turn into a job offer, I got angrier, and I got angrier, I got sadder, and I got sadder. <clears throat> Honestly, there were a lot of days when I felt pretty lost. 
Ben oui. In my weaker moments, I was a slave to my sin. I was a slave to my pride, my ego, my appetite for things. I was certainly a slave to my anger. But luckily for me, Jesus says the Son can set you free. And when he does, you're truly free. Because as much as freedom may be embedded into our DNA as Americans, true freedom doesn't come from our government. It doesn't come from our founding principles or our ideals. It doesn't come from revolutionary wars. It doesn't come from civil wars. True freedom comes from Jesus. As Jesus lived to show us the path, and he died to set us free. My stronger moments, I was more present with my family. I got to spend time with my children that I otherwise wouldn't have. I always had a comfortable bed to sleep in. I always had plenty of food to eat. I had friends, I had colleagues that helped me in my job search. I have a fond memory from this time of my life. My friend Nikki, who I'm sure some of you know, uh, she approached me. Our families were spending time together, and she said, hey, do you still have a little bit of extra time on your hands? Which is a really nice way of saying, hey, are you still unemployed? <laughs> but she helped, me, she helped me volunteer at the Carney Food Pantry. And I, in a small way, got to, to give back. I got to serve people who, who certainly had more, more, more to worry about, more to be upset about, more to be angry about than I did. Now, friends, at this point, I'll share with you, I'm a little bit, I'm done speaking. I'm kind of tired of speaking about myself, telling about me. I'd like to share with you. I'm sure you're sick of hearing about me. I'd love to share with you a story about somebody else, a story of a man named Horatio Spafford. He was a successful lawyer and a businessman in Chicago in the late 1800s. He was married. He and his wife had five children. In 1871, one of his children died from pneumonia, and he lost most of his business in the Great Chicago Fire later that year. It took him a few years, but, but he rebuilt. He rebuilt his business and became very successful again. And his wife and four living children took a trip by sea to Europe. Mr. Spafford unexpectedly had to stay in the United States to deal with a business issue that had popped up. And tragically, on that voyage, the vessel that was carrying the Spafford family crashed with another. Four of his children, the other remaining four children, died. Mr. Spafford immediately booked passage on a ship to go join his grieving wife. While he was on that voyage, the captain of the ship radioed to him to let him know that they were going over the very waters where his children had passed away. Mr. Spafford returned to his cabin and wrote a poem. Here the lines are on the screen. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say. Anybody know the next line? It is well, it is well with my soul. Now this was a person who had every reason to be angry, every reason to be frustrated, every reason to be despondent, every reason to question why me. But he used his grief to, to glorify God. He wrote this poem it's been handed down generation after generation and has is, is got to be one of the most famous hymns in the world. Horatio Spafford didn't allow himself to become a slave to his sin because he knew, friends, he knew that he and his family would be together again in Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, faith this strong feels almost impossible, right? It feels unattainable. But that doesn't mean that I can't try. 
doesn't mean that it's not something that I can't work toward. Friends, freedom in Christ comes from knowing that the end of our story is already written. But it means more than that. Freedom in Christ is hope, no matter what you're struggling with. You know, all those months I spent unemployed, do you know what all the anger, all the temper tantrums, all the frustration, all the sleepless nights, all the angst, do you know what it got me? Nothing. There was a concept that I, I was aware of that I, I tried to employ uh, that maybe you've heard of. It's called the three buckets of control. And friends, bucket one consists of the things in our lives that we can control. And this is where, this is where we should devote our time, our energy. I couldn't control when or where I was going to get a job offer, but I could control my attitude. I could control how I treated other people. I could control my effort. Bucket two consists of things that you can influence but can't control, and you can certainly spend time and energy here as well. But friends, bucket three is things that we can neither control nor influence. And this is the God bucket. Focusing our energies appropriately, putting our time and our energy into things that give us joy and help us experience the freedom that Christ offers. Now, these are just a few, a few examples. The freedom offered by Jesus can help, I'm sure, with whatever you may be feeling, whether it's anger, whether it's addiction, whether you feelings from a broken relationship. You don't have to be a slave to those emotions. You can give them to God and free yourself from having to carry that burden alone. Now, friends, at this point, I'd like to give just a little bit of a nod, a little bit of an homage to my friend who usually is in this space on Sunday mornings. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll say something about Lord of the Rings. Um, but I don't know anything about Lord of the Rings. So this is what I got. In Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, towards the end, Anakin Skywalker, who would go on to become Darth Vader, is being seduced by the would-be emperor and the dark side of the Force. And the emperor tells him a story about a Sith Lord who achieved unimaginable power. And Anakin's intrigued. He looks at the emperor and he says, is it possible to learn this power? Well, friends, the good news for me and for you is that we don't have to learn any power. We don't have to master any skill. We don't have to convince anyone that we're worthy because we're already free in Christ. Friends, I can't promise you that you won't have times in your life that feel hopeless. I can almost guarantee, in fact, that you will. What I can tell you is that the lowest points in my life, I've learned and I've experienced a freedom that can only come from Jesus. And that freedom is available to all of us, all the time. Because as Jesus said, when the Son sets you free, then you're truly free. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for the freedom that comes from Christ, that comes from knowing that the end of our story is written. Lord, we ask that you continue to be with us, that you remind us at the times when we have doubt, that you remind us at the low points in our life of the freedom that is available to all of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.